So we'll read the whole of Psalm 118. I give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They went out like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvellous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. I give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Good morning. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name's Reuben. I'm actually a member of The Hub, which is South Barwon's church plant just down the road in Grovedale. Um, But it's really nice to be here with you this morning as Clinton's on holidays for one more week. Um, And yeah, send greetings from The Hub as well. Um, We think of you guys often and we pray that God blesses you as we, we do the same kingdom work in Geelong. Um, just before we have a look at Psalm 118, why don't we just, uh, just pray to God and ask him for his help. Lord God, we thank you for your word, which is lying open before us, your word which is active, which cuts to our hearts, 
through the work of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that we, even though we are sinful people, have the privilege of reading and learning from it this morning. Lord, we thank you that you have spoken into our lives and revealed yourself to us. So this morning we pray that you'd help us to concentrate. Um, I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that your Holy Spirit would cause our hearts to be changed and challenged and encouraged as they need to be. We pray that it would be honoring to you this morning, Lord. Amen. Well, there was once a Chinese man named Li who lived uh, on the border of China and Mongolia. And this, this border was fraught with violence as there was ongoing battles uh, between Mongolia and China. Now this man, Li, he had a beautiful mare, a horse. Uh, and one day this mare jumped its fence and it crossed the border to Mongolia where it was stolen. Well, Li's friends came around to his place and they commiserated with him. And they said, oh, what terrible news. Your beautiful mare's been stolen. And Lee said to his friends, what makes you say this is bad news? Perhaps it's a good thing. Well, a few days later, the mare came back and it brought with it a stallion. And the friends came around and they said, Lee, what amazing news. And Lee said, what makes you say this is such good news? Maybe it's a bad thing. And a few weeks later, Lee's son was riding the stallion to break it in when he was thrown off the horse and his leg was broken. And of course, Lee's friends came around and commiserated with him and said, what a terrible thing to happen. And Lee said, what makes you think it's a bad thing? Perhaps it's a good thing. Another week later, another war broke out between Mongolia and China and the Chinese general came into town and enlisted all the young men for war. All of these young men died in battle, except for Lee's son. He couldn't go to war because he had a broken leg. And so Lee said to his friends, you see, the things that you thought were bad were actually good, and the things that you thought were good were actually bad. It's just a little story to illustrate the idea that sometimes it's really hard to understand what's happening in our lives, isn't it? It's hard to interpret the events in our lives and decide whether they're actually good things or bad things. And that's one of the reasons why this is a great psalm, I think, is because it draws our eyes away from the daily struggles of life and deciding what's good and what's bad and what's happening, and, and it lifts our eyes to something that's reliable, something that's certain, to someone who is always good and always loving, and that's God. Notice in verse 1, the psalm begins by calling us to give thanks to God because he is good and loving. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And you might have noticed that that psalm, uh, sorry, that verse is repeated at the end of the psalm in verse 29, the exact same words. They're kind of like bookends, which wrap the psalm up, which tell us what it's all about. This is a psalm about praising God for his goodness and his love. Did you notice how many times the psalm told us to praise God, to give thanks to him? Verse 1, give thanks. Verse 2, let Israel say. Verse 3, the house of Aaron say. Verse 4, let those who fear the Lord say. Verse 14, the Lord is my strength and my song. Verse 15, glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. Verse 19, give thanks to the Lord. 
Verse 21, I thank you. Verse 24, let us rejoice and be glad. Verse 28, give thanks. Verse 29, give thanks to the Lord. So I think we know what's going on in the psalm, don't we? The big idea is that we are called as God's people to give thanks to God for his goodness and love. But I want to dig a little deeper this morning and do that by asking two questions. Why do we give thanks? And, and how do we give thanks? So let's start by asking, why do we give thanks? Don't you find it annoying when there's something in your life that you're really struggling with, which is really hard, and someone comes along and they just brush it aside, and they, they tell you to cheer up, they don't take your problems seriously, they just somehow expect you to to move on and to be happy. That's one of the things that I love about this psalm is that it acknowledges that life is hard. See there in verse 5, the psalmist says, Out of my distress I called on the Lord. In verse 10 we read, All the nations surrounded me. Verse 13, I was pushed hard so that I was falling. Verse 18, the Lord has disciplined me severely. So we've said it's a psalm about giving thanks. We've also said it's a psalm which acknowledges that life can be really hard, can push us to the brink of what we can handle. So how do these things go together? How do we give thanks when life is hard? Well, I think the answer is there in verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord for or because he is good, because his steadfast love endures forever. We can give thanks when life is hard because we have a God who doesn't just brush aside our concerns and our pain and our hardship. We have a God who is wonderfully good and loving. You know, the circumstances of our life may change, but God never changes. He is always the same good and loving God. He is always a God who is saving and protecting his people. So this is a psalm about God being good and loving to his people. Let's, let's just dig a little deeper for a few moments and see how God does that. The first thing we see in verses 5 to 9 is that God is with us. Verse 5, out of my distress I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. See, when we call on the Lord, he hears us and he answers us. It never goes through to voicemail. He's always there. He's always available. That's the reason that the psalmist can say in verse 8, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. The person who wrote this psalm was probably the king of Israel. And yet this king, this leader of his people, this powerhouse, is diverting his eyes from himself and he's pointing to God. He's saying to his people, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Because unlike humans, 
God never lets you down. He never abandons you. He's never corrupt. He's never too busy. He's never powerless. He's never confused. His love is steadfast and it endures forever. Maybe that's something that you need to remember this week. That God is always with you. Listening to you. A place of refuge. Better than anything else. Will you take refuge in God this week? Will you talk with him about everything that's going on in your life? So how does God show his goodness and love to his people? The first thing we've seen is that God is always with us. He's our refuge. He's always trustworthy, always loving. The second way that God shows his goodness and love to his people is that God saves us. In verse 6, the psalmist says, The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? When I read that, I thought the answer to that question is actually quite sobering. What can man do to me? Terrible things have been done at the hands of men. Abuse, violence, killing, wars. But in God, there's a deeper source of strength and life that can't be taken away from us no matter what someone does to us. And so the psalmist can say, no matter what happens, I will not fear. In the 1700s, there was a Protestant pastor by the name of Louis Rank. Uh, He was captured in France for being a Christian, and he was condemned to die. But he was told that if he was willing to recant his faith, he would be allowed to live. Louis Rank rejected the offer, and as he was led to the gallows, he was singing the words of verse 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Where did Louis Rank find his confidence? He knew that he was saved by God, that his life was hidden in Christ, and that nothing could separate him from the love of God. So the psalmist can say in verse 17, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. I shall not die, but I shall live. Even in death, we are alive. You see, the psalm is pointing forwards, forwards to a day when God would make it possible for his people to live forever. A day, in verse 19, when the gates of righteousness would be opened so that we could enter. A day in verse 26, when there would be one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the wonderful news of the gospel, isn't it? That God sent his son Jesus to save us. In Matthew 21, Jesus enters Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, and the crowds surround him, and they lay their cloaks on the road, and they're shouting the words of verse 26, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But you and I know that there was a twist in Jesus' path to glory, wasn't there? Because, as it says in verse 22, he was the stone that the builders rejected. Just as the nation of Israel suffered rejection and humiliation in Egypt before God redeemed them, 
so Jesus would suffer rejection and humiliation on the cross before God raised him to the highest place and exalted him. So why do we give thanks? Because God has so loved the world that he sent his precious son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him will not die but live forever. Why do we give thanks? Because now we can live lives without fear, without fear of what man can do to us, without fear of death, secure in the arms of God. God's steadfast love endures forever. So we've been looking at why we give thanks to God. And we've seen that he shows his goodness and love by being with us. He shows his goodness and love by saving us. And lastly, we want to see that God shows his goodness and love to his people by being sovereign over every hardship and always bringing us through. God is sovereign over every hardship in our lives and he always brings us through. When life's hard, we often don't feel thankful or joyful, do we? But I think it's often when life's hard that we truly taste the goodness of God. You see in verse 15, glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. See, these are the soldiers sitting in their tents after a brutal battle, after fighting off all the nations that surrounded them. And then what do they do as they sit in their tents? They sing glad songs of salvation. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. See, the soldier doesn't become a veteran without going into battle. The sailor doesn't get his sea legs without going to sea. And I think that's why we can rejoice even in life's hardships. Because even if we're unemployed or stressed or lonely or depressed or dealing with broken relationships or overwhelmed by sin or fighting addiction, these hardships are there to strengthen our faith, to drive us back to God, an opportunity to experience his love in a deeper way. And there's wonderful encouragement in this psalm if you are feeling overwhelmed at the moment, when it feels like life is closing in around you and it's, it's claustrophobic, like a swarm of stinging bees in verse 12. Because that's when we find help in God. I was pushed hard, verse 13, so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. What seems like a fire that's sure to destroy us, it goes out like a fire among thorns. It flares up hot for a moment, but these thorns, they burn quickly. And then the fire is gone and we emerge unscathed. So why do we give thanks? Because... God is sovereign in every hardship and he always brings us through. So we've just listed three great reasons that we would give thanks to God for his goodness and love. He's always with us, a refuge and a comfort. He's our savior who delivers us from death and gives us eternal life. And he is our strength, sustaining us in hardship 
and drawing us closer to him. Have a look there in verse 23 and 24. See what God's people say about this salvation. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Is this our response to God's goodness and love? How do we respond to our salvation? Does it make us glad? Are there times regularly in our lives where we just stop and marvel at it again? Is God the song that's always on our lips? Well, we've had a look at reasons why we give thanks to God. Now, I just want to briefly get a little more practical and consider how, how do we give thanks to God. We know that we should give thanks, I think, but it's so often a struggle. How do we get better at this? How do we get better at giving thanks? What does it look like day to day? Well, the first thing I think we have to remember is we only feel thankful when we are remembering what God has done for us. See, when I'm praying, I find it easy to ask God for things, and I find it a lot harder to be thankful. Why is that? I think it's just because I don't often have my eyes open to see all the things that God is actually doing in my life. In order to be thankful, we have to remember. We have to remember what we're thankful for. That's what the psalmist is doing in this psalm. It's, it's kind of like looking at a photo album or reading a diary that you wrote years ago. The psalmist is looking back on the life of Israel and seeing everything that God has done for them. Maybe you could set aside a few minutes this week and, and do the same. Just sit down and make a list of all the things that God has been doing, things that you can be thankful for. How's God been working in your life? In the life of this church? In the life of your family? Your friends? It's often only in hindsight that we appreciate what God was doing. I only realized in the past few years just what a blessing it was when God brought my family from New Zealand to Australia when I was eight years old. At the time, that didn't seem very fun. I had to leave my best friend. I had to leave my church, everything that seemed safe and familiar. But I've only really just clicked in hindsight what a blessing that was in my life. It led me to Australia, which is, I think, a very blessed country to be living in. It led me to Sean, my beautiful wife. It led me to the loving church community, which I'm a part of. And it led me to the exact location of the RTC, which God knew I'd have to come to study at. That's just a personal reflection in my life of, of an event which I didn't understand at the time, and now I can see that God was good. There's so much that God is doing for us, even little things, jobs, paid bills, safe travel, safe surgeries, healing from sickness, unexpected blessings. Did you sleep last night? Will you eat tomorrow? 
Have you seen people recently converted? Have you made new friendships or finished another year of school? Have you enjoyed the encouragement of being in this church? So one of the ways that we can give thanks is just by stopping and taking time to remember. Another way that I think we can become better at giving thanks is just at a day-to-day level. I don't know if you remember Pollyanna. Uh, It was a book in 1913, and then subsequently it's been made into lots of movies. Uh, It's the story of a little orphan girl, Pollyanna, who plays the glad game. No matter what her circumstances are in life, she finds something to be glad about. So one day she's sent to a cold attic room by her stern aunt, and she decides to be glad for the view outside her window. Another time, she accidentally receives a pair of crutches for Christmas instead of a doll. And she decides to be glad that she doesn't have to use the crutches. But then one day, Pollyanna is hit by a car, and her legs are paralyzed. She's devastated, and she admits that the game is not as fun when life actually hurts. But eventually she decides that she's glad she can't walk because the accident caused her stern, cold aunt to soften up and become more loving and gentle. The story has so influenced our culture that today, if you call someone a Pollyanna, you're calling them someone who is blindly optimistic or naive. And it's, it's probably good advice not to just go around telling everyone who's struggling with things to cheer up and find something to be happy about. But the thing I love about Pollyanna is that she understands that being thankful is not just a feeling. It's also a choice. Did you notice in verse 1, the writer of the psalm actually commands us to give thanks. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. See, being thankful is something that we have to choose to do. It reminds me of the Nike slogan, just do it. The psalm encourages us to give thanks to God now, and always, on a day-to-day basis, all the time, not waiting for an emotional feeling, not waiting for life to be calm and peaceful. Thank God for the little things of the day. Thank God for the big things, for your salvation, for the forgiveness of sins, for the hope of eternal life. Get in the habit of noticing things to be grateful for. Fire off little arrow prayers of thanks during the day. Give thanks before you eat. Give thanks before you go to sleep. Give thanks when you wake up. Day to day, thankfulness. So I've suggested a couple of ways that we can get better at giving thanks. One is just to take the time to remember what God has done for us. Another way is to take time just day to day to be, to be thankful for everything. And the third way that I think the psalm encourages us to give thanks is in Christian community. You see, this psalm is written about a community of people, the Israelites. It's a psalm for the people that God has saved collectively. And so if we experience God's love and goodness to us collectively, then it makes sense that we give thanks for God's love and goodness collectively, doesn't it? One way that we do this is is when we meet together during the week in home groups. We share what God's doing in our lives. We thank God together. 
truth is that on a Thursday night when I go to my home group, I'm oft, often tired and I'm, I'm tempted not to go. But I do go and I've got to say, I can't really think of a time that I wasn't grateful that I did. I think meeting with other Christians helps us to get perspective on the struggles in our own lives. It lifts our eyes beyond our immediate concerns and shows us how God is working in the whole community. Helps us to see a bigger God. And on a day when I don't feel blessed and I don't feel like rejoicing, I can rejoice with someone else in the way that God is blessing them. We also can give thanks as a community on Sunday mornings, like we're doing this morning. In the Sunday service, we sing songs of praise together. These, this music it stirs our emotions. It draws our hearts closer to God. We also hear preaching from the Bible. We're reminded of all the things that God has done for us and has promised to do. And this morning, I want us to, to do that in the remainder of the service, to, to continue this theme of giving thanks as we sing our last two songs. So I'm going to briefly pray, and then we're going to stand, and we're going to sing together. Lord, we have so much to be thankful for in our lives. We confess that often we are so consumed with problems and stresses and burdens that we fail to see this. We fail to see your goodness and love. We ask that you would teach us more and more to open our eyes, to realize, Lord, what you are doing for us, and to realize, Lord, that we have an eternal hope which takes away even our fear of death. Lord, that we are saved through Christ, that our lives are hidden in him, that we will spend eternity in your presence. Lord, we give you thanks for this. In Jesus' name, amen.